0: hey everybody before you listen to the show two quick things i hope you and your loved ones are safe happy and healthy secondly stop right now if you haven't already check out our free to access conveyance and service for mortgage brokers and estate agents mortgage brokers must check out our free to access services at the mortgage broker club.co.uk including over 25 categories of mortgage broker tools stay well And I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to the MLC show for property professionals. I'm your host, Sean Rogers, and I am delighted to be joined on today's show by Graham Wilson of Tracker Hub and Options Mortgage Centre. On today's show, we're going to be picking Graham's brains on questions we've been asked in the past week from mortgage brokers. Obviously, it goes without saying that the content of the show today is for debate and discussion purposes only, for mortgage intermediaries and not advice or recommendations within the regs. And now that disclaimer is out
1: of the way. Graham, how are things? Yeah, good, thank you. Yeah, thank goodness you did that disclaimer because you'd said me off key otherwise. I feel better now. I can sleep at night. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm very pleased about I can that. sleep mate. at that- night, yeah. Won't keep the wife up. Yeah, yeah. very good. Thank you, Sean. All the better for seeing your very good looking self with your brand new hairstyle, which I'll be honest, is odd in lockdown. You shouldn't actually be going to the barbers. What's happened there?
0: Clippers. I, I don't know whether
1: it's. It, it, I either let the quiff grow or
0: then I just you get the clippers on it myself at home. And then uh, I do, do like, like
1: the quiff. I do like the quiff. I take it it helps you get your TV reception at home. I <laughs> am not tell you at the minute now with that quiff missing. You're a beautiful <laughs> man. Thanks for having me back, Sean. Thanks for putting the post out as well. Your support is very much appreciated.
0: No, I appreciate it. I don't know who's got the best background, to be fair, mate. You've got a lovely, beautiful background there. Um,
1: Yeah, I particularly like the fact that the sea's not moving. If I move too quick, I noticed that in my previous videos, it can sometimes show the claws behind me. My claws horse or a maiden, depending on which part of the UK you're from.
0: I was going to say, it's no good for a podcast, but your plant doesn't look like it's growing much, mate.
1: No, I had a customer that said to me the other day as well, because she thought it was real, uh, I've not got enough wine in the cooler. I said, uh, I said, Audrey, I said, it's uh, it's not real, it's a background. She said, all right. Fantastic.
0: <laughs> we, we better crack on to, and, and go through the questions we've received. And thank you so much for the questions that have come in. So question one, I wanted to get your insight and views on, Graham. Down-valuing, obviously this is nothing new, of course. Um, often it could be when the report... Um, so surveyors are returning is much lower than expected figures sometimes it may be down to the estate agent overvaluing i don't know maybe it could be unrealistic expectations of the seller we've seen over the past year coronavirus uh, risk to prices cited sometimes in these areas the actual question graham was what can a mortgage broker do if anything to try and mitigate against the issues and educate clients at the onset of the instruction, and perhaps open up greater public awareness of how to avoid this issue.
1: Yeah. And it depends what you're talking about, really, whether you're talking about moving or you're talking about remortgage. I had a look at this question, and, and fully enough, I'll give you two live examples, one of which was just yesterday. Um, I was looking at a remortgage potentially, or actually, it was a product transfer with Virgin. Now, Virgin had valued the property using the HPI calculation. So, on the Virgin mortgage system, as a broker, you'll see the actual HBI valuation. And it said 147,000. Now, the client said, I don't know how realistic that is, Graham. What's your thoughts? And we thought it might be 145,000. And this was the crux. It moved them from 75% loan to value for the sake of 2,000 English pounds, 75% to over 75%, if it got downvalued. So you've got the safety of knowing if you did a PT with Virgin, they can have the 75% because the HPI is 147. Clients think it's 145. If it's 145, I was looking at somewhere like Halifax, for instance. But then if it downvalued, literally 2.84 versus 1.79 for the sake of two 2000, two 2,000 pounds. So that was a close one, that. But I think the realistic side is, to answer the question, is to be realistic with the client. And I wrote it down here. Set realistic expectations. I did a Zoom meeting with these clients and I shared my screen with them. And I was showing them my research on the basis that if it did down value from 147 to 145, it'd go to 2.84. Not worth remortgaging then to the Halifax. If it got valued at 147 with the Halifax, it'd get valued at 1.79. But then his partner said she didn't want the heartache of actually dealing with the down valuation and the upset that it causes having to do more paperwork and this, that and the other. And, and I thought to myself, I thought, you, you forget that sometimes, don't you, as a broker, the financial, the, the, the emotional impact, not just the financial impact, but the emotional impact of how things can affect customers. Um, so what I try to do is I use net house prices quite a bit, Sean, um, just have a look in the area about what's sold in the last couple of years. You're quite right about estate agents. They're priced to get it on the market with them, as you know yourself, not priced really to sell. They might even bloody owe. I've seen it overvalued for about 10 grand, you know, sometimes. And as soon as they get it on within two weeks, they then tell the client, no, it's overpriced. Let's put it back down to five grand and 10. But they've already signed them into a contract by then. So there's a few things. If it's a remortgage, I always look at house prices, Get a judgment from the HPI, because I know that other lenders are using similar HPI models anyway. If they're looking to sell and buy, then again, set realistic expectations. We've got a good connections with estate agents locally who don't purposely overvalue the value to sell, not to list. Um, but yeah, I think make friends with your local agent. Not only that, you can get referrals from them as well and work together. And if a down valuation happens, you just need to put the right foot forward to say to a client, if this was to happen, this would be the repercussions for your mortgage. And I, and I think just build that in really. And the clients then are, you know, forearmed is forewarned. That's a good saying. I think from that point, clients know if there's a down valuation and they have to get a slightly higher rate. They can still stomach the move. But in saying that, even if you had a terrible interest rate or a worser interest rate than what it would have been, had it been a better valuation, stretch the term a little bit, and in two years' time, if you did a two-year fixed rate, put it back when we're away from COVID. But I, I think I agree. Just today, I've had a down valuation by fifty thousand quid, and I've had. To have, I was talking to yourself before we started recording, um, and that's down to surveyors whether or not they're being a lot more cautious now with the pandemic. It's uh, it's one of them, Sean, isn't it? Really, maybe that is the case, but. Uh, yeah, some people think that the well, what is it, the king of the castle, aren't they? Of course they are. Their house is the best house on the street. But sadly, the best house doesn't always <laughs> doesn't always happen when it comes to the valuations.
0: Yeah, and I think also it's difficult in that some people, even if regardless of how you go about this, obviously trying to get valuations anyway, with people coming into your property. And I know that's quite old school because most people wouldn't do that anyway. They'd base it on, as you say. The, the pr- if you're selling, they'll base it on the price of the other houses in the street or similar yes. properties in the location or whatever. But the days of someone coming around to do a valuation, obviously with you know social distancing and the restrictions are obviously difficult. I think because normally you'd say if you're selling, do the old school, get three valuations. And even yeah. if you're representing the purchaser, in essence, if they're selling, um, there's a vested interest in making sure that process goes through. But I think, like you say, having a, a plan B, For what's our position in the event this gets um, downsized and raising the issue as early
1: as possible is probably all you can do. If it gets value, the plan B is always there, then isn't it, Sean? Yeah, exactly.
0: We had a couple of queries this week, Graham, about choosing a network. Uh, What is your advice for brokers when considering which network to join from the off, Um, and especially? what would your advice be when they're leaving one network for another? Won't put you on the spot, but if you feel comfortable enough saying which network you're with, why you picked them, and, and yeah, what do you think yeah. brokers should do generally when they're considering um, joining one or moving from one, what would your advice be?
1: Well, uh, yeah, it's a good one, that one. Massive decision, that. To, to move networks is is a lot of upheaval for companies. And obviously, it can affect cash flow. And uh, you know, if you if you fall out of bed with one network and think I'm going to jump ship to another one, it's not as easy as that. You've got deregistering with lenders and registering with the new and all that carry on, and that's enough to kill a business. So if you are thinking, right, do I go DA? Do I go AR? I don't mind telling you, I'm AR. My firm, brokerage firm, is uh, an appointed rep. We're actually with Tenant, uh, so Tenant Network. Put it out there. Um, I think every network has the good and the bad. We're blessed in one sense with tenant because they have got good strength in the market, we of market, we're very well supported, uh, both financially from them as well. They've got a good back book too of tenant, And I think that's one thing to look at. How, how are the networks funded? If you are looking at either going DA or AR, especially obviously AR. But effectively with that, the reason we stayed at that, we felt more supported being an appointed rep rather than being directly from the actual FCA itself or even being DA under tenant. So, I think there's a few things to look at. Uh, one is financial stability of the network. Uh, two is uh, are they all the market? Are you tired agents? What can you offer to your clients? Uh, and then the three ones tech, actually. Me and you talk about it a lot, as well as obviously uh, home and away and neighbors in between those conversations that we have uh, and coronation strength. But, uh, but and old. Old. on a Sunday when you're half cut. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Technology is a big thing, my mate. And um, it, I'm not going to mention them about the network at the minute. I would say we're still working on it, but technology is big. There's good tech, there's bad tech, and sometimes there's no tech. But, um, but yeah, gather with your network, see what CRMs are out there at the minute and what they're using. How, are they making it so you have to use them, uh, the the uh, technology? Can you still use yours? Um these networks now are more leaning towards unified technologies as well. But, but yeah, I, I think do your research with it. Make sure that uh, it fits the bill and don't jump in the first bed that you speak to. Effectively, you've got to do your research on all of them because there's good, bad and uglies, but they're mostly good. The networks that I spoke to and um, through trackerub I've speak to quite a lot now, and the brokers that I speak to as well are under different networks. They all seem very well supported. I don't think there's a bad one out there. Otherwise, they wouldn't be there, would they, Sean? And, and you know networks yourself. I don't know if you've dealt with any, but.
0: Yeah, I mean, the main, from my position, I mean, we've got quite a lot of stuff that has. You know, we we spoke to a couple of people in the industry that helped us put together a bit of a guide on the Mortgage Broker Club um, website in our broker tools section. So we had a bit of good feedback on that this week, actually, that led to these questions when people have gone through the guide. But from my own position, I would look, I'm always going to start from a contractual point of view um, prior to your signing up. Uh, It's no good looking at it when you're deciding to exit, really, and finding out then what the pipeline freeze is whether yeah, it's three exactly or six right. months, whether, uh, what's the position on runoff cover fees, uh, what's the notice period. And um, how are they going to deal with, you know, your clawbacks or I don't know any subsequent complaints or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I heard. I'd, I'd
1: also, sorry, Sean, I was going to say, you just touched on that. Actually. I'd also um, ask about uh, turnover because as your business grows, are they willing to renegotiate on network costings as well? And um, tenant are very good at that. I'm plain and simple with it. They're great for talks, acquisition as well. When you come to wanting to sell the business, would the network potentially look at acquisition? Um, so, yeah, there's quite a few. It's not just a black and white, is it? So, um, but yeah. We,
0: we've had uh, this has probably been the most common issue. So, we've had to sort of merge the question together developing referral partnerships and working with introducers. Um, quite a few have reached out for us looking for advice on how to do it in practice so where do you start Graham you and you and many others have been very successful at doing this and building businesses based on your introducer uh, partnerships your introducer relationships if you like so for people who struggling with that for whatever reason or especially people who are new and are looking to grow it it's easy to say oh well you know you haven't introduced your partnerships and people refer your business in and pass details in blah 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 but in practice like when you were starting out and doing this as well literally who do you reach out to like what kind of people and then how do you actually do it like what's the reason for that because my view is just common sense is they're either not referring business on so why would they start doing it for you or surely they're already referring business on so why should they switch to you and i'm sure you must have had to come over those hurdles uh in the past
1: yeah do you know what i mean you probably saw my last videos but i was talking about when i became a broker back in 2011 you leave an employed role um you know to then go self-employed and next month you've not got an income if you're not earning that's as brutal as self-employment is and it's the truth isn't it and I think you're the same if you don't work and I don't work and we don't write business we don't get paid and so you know it was a big worry but I thought to myself right well the only way to do it now is to have a look for introducers but but the what we forget is even at this point now where if I was to become a broker for the first time I'd still know people and I've got friends. I've got, you wouldn't believe I've got friends, Sean. Uh, and I've got a family as well. So you start with your friends and your family. Then you work backwards with your clients. Now, when you're talking about introduced business, people forget you've got great customers and they know your service. So my first tip is to start with your customer base first. Um, and luckily enough on the Tracker system, that's why I did it. On Tracker there's got Refer a Friend. So it's GDPR compliant, you create yourself a unique link every time you want to refer a friend and you can refer. And I'll be honest, we're getting around about eight to 10 referrals each week for refer a friend just off customers, eight to 10 on average a week through that refer a friend system. They pick their incentive. They can have 50 quid, 50 quid donated to Trinity hospice, whatever it would be. So that's my first tip. Start with your customer base, your friends and your family. And then what you want to do then is start reaching out to the solicitor side, the accountants, estate agents, and admittedly, estate agents do get hammered, but you've got to be different. I, I'll tell you what I did to get him one of my estate agents, and you'll laugh. On Amazon, you can order yourself a massive box of Jaffa cakes, and it was huge. It was absolutely massive. I ordered a 100 Jaffa cakes, and it was something cheap, like 20 quid or something stupid, but it looked like I paid a fortune. And I ordered a big box of Jaffa cakes, and I sent it to the director of this estate agents. And I said, half moon, full moon on the thing. Half moon, full moon, you decide. But if you think you can do business with me, give me a bell. Well, absolutely funny, As Big box of Jaffa Cakes turns up at this introducer's uh, uh, office. Well, they weren't introduced to them at that point. But anyway, they rang me up. They said, I have, to, I have to talk to the bloke who sent me 100 Jaffa Cakes. And then another one I sent at Lion Bars. I've sent, what else have I sent? Oh! You can buy big Toblerones, big, massive Toblerones that are ridiculously gigantic. You can break your head on them. Anyhow, I've said that as well. But they're not they're cost-effective, so be different. I know someone who said he'd give you a year's supply of tea. Oh, for me?
0: And if you think, play this out, I think it's 12 little boxes. <laughs> Sounds amazing. If I said to you, I'm going to give you a year's supply of tea, like, wow,
1: like that's mega. And Introduce then- mortgage to me, and you can have a year supply of tea. Just imagine yeah. twelve boxes of tea. Yeah. Twelve boxes of PG tips. Yeah, other teas are available, but but honestly, yeah, that that is what I did, and I did the same with the solicitors. I did the same with accountants, and I think more than likely it's just being a bit different, actually, and thinking outside the box. And I've put on here educating. You said why if they're not if they're not referring now, why what why would they change? And I think it's educating why they need to refer to yourself and the benefits, sell the benefits of you to them. Because the great thing to introduce to me would then be, well, you get to know where you're up to because I've got a tracker up system. So they refer in, I get to update everything such as. So they get real-time updates. They get great service. We try our best in every occasion. And if they want a revenue share and a kickback, 50 quid, 200 quid, whatever it might be, we can do a rev share as well. And before you know it, even from the very first lead, 90% of the time they'll get a taste for it. But you're quite right. Introducers and customer referrals, we live, we live and breathe. We don't pay for advertising. We do social media introductions as well. Um, but yeah, exactly right. your supplier T is fantastic. And
0: how do you keep up to date with the knowledge um, and make sure brokers are up to date or and your brokers, Graham, and your organisation, how do yes. you make sure they're kept up to date? So we've seen quite a lot this week coming in about a sea change in terms of the percentage of, say, vanilla versus non-vanilla requests coming in or, let's say,
1: um, client circumstances. I'd to- probably, probably say I've had a lot of non-vanilla, actually. The, the bulk of over this pandemic, especially with furlough, and the confusion that that's caused along with self employed people taking the government grants and then muddying the waters with lenders saying you can't accept it we can't accept it the confusion that that's caused in the marketplace has has made it it's made it look like chocolate rather than vanilla
0: how like if someone said to me who do you know in, like a like i would say you're near the top of the tree grain for knowing like the quirky solutions yeah. This person's been turned down by A, B, C, and D. Uh, so you're like quite instinctive at going, well, actually, I could go to them because they've got this. I could go yeah. to them because how how I get how you gain it knowledge because that's experience. But what how do you keep on top of it with so much change and how how do you do it with the responsibilities? Well, you
1: have? it's a great question, and and a lot of it is experience from day one of being a broker. I wouldn't have known any of that. But from day two, I think you soon realize that your biggest equipment is the fact find. Fact find the client, put everything on paper that's unique about the case and what they want, and then give give yourself time to breathe. Go on to Knowledge Bank. We know Nicola Firth's system is absolutely bang on. It's brilliant. Um, So yeah, Knowledge Bank, I use daily. My team use it. That's one way that you can obviously keep on top of it. Um, there's some bits missing because lenders sometimes haven't yet updated it. But for that, you can just ring the lender. You get a good idea of who to ring. So knowledge banks, one. Uh, Two, uh, speak to other brokers. Don't be ashamed to speak to another broker. Uh, Anybody can contact myself as well. You can message me. I have no issues with that. And, uh, And I think everybody just needs to work together. But as far as keeping your knowledge up to date, you can't know everything. I mean, I think Nicola first said there's 84,000 million trillion criteria in this world that we've got for financial services. Well, you can't know that for sure. I mean, I can't even remember what I had for breakfast this morning, never mind what Nat West has just changed their criteria to. So, uh, in fact, can I? Might have been bacon sandwiches. Yes, there you go. So I can remember the breakfast, but I can't remember the NatWest West chain. So, therefore, I bring Nat West. I- I'll tell you what I do use a lot the broker chats. Um, So I use the broker chats quite a bit when you go to lenders as well. That's good. I think if you've got a basic knowledge of a bit of everything, then you kind of have a good understanding of where you could potentially place it. But the best idea is to get your fact fine, right? Give yourself enough breathing space to do your research. And and I'll be honest with you, I quite like the non-vanilla cases because they're a challenge and I'm up for a challenge. Yeah, exactly right.
0: And we can see that by agreeing to do interviews with me. Um, I mean, rapid... that's the biggest challenge of my life. Indeed.
1: My mum's going to ring me after to check that I'm all right after this. Ra- I hope
0: so. Rapid, I hope it's a positive answer. Rapid fire, rapid fire. A fair few people have gotten in touch to ask, Graham, should we go DA or stay
1: AR? Well, it depends your reason for why you're thinking about going DA. I think you've got great control and more control over your business. But there again, there's a lot more responsibility The AR is a bit more of a handhold, isn't it? You really are on your own. If the FCA come down, you've got no backing and no defence. I particularly favour the AR. It's not the right answer. It ain't the wrong answer. But, um, yeah, I do like a bit more of the handhold. I think it's a wicked world out there with criteria and regulation changing on a regular basis. I mean, we've had an RNC update today that's got six more um, changes. And being DA, I don't know whether you can work as quick as that as you can under an AR perspective.
0: And last question, Graham. how are things going with Tracker Hub? I know you've got the new release that everyone's working very hard on. What can brokers look forward to with this? That's my own question.
1: That's ah, brilliant question. Best question you've asked so far. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah, so uh, effectively with this, Sean, uh, with your support as well, because I'm sure we can work together on something too in the, in the very near future this year. And I really like that with what you're doing. You're a very successful, extremely good looking man, as I said in my last videos. And then just touching away from your looks at the minute, Sean, because you know when I get onto that, I can't get off them. Uh, it's the case that it has gone well. 2.0 was launched last Monday. Um, and effectively we're now phasing in the movement of all the Tracker Hub 1.0 users onto 2.0. But as you can appreciate, there's thousands of leads that go through Tracker Hub now, which is ace. Migrating them across is a little bit of a of a headache but we're doing it in such a way that we don't want to miss anything new people are straight onto the 2.0 system they're using it the business directory is booming people are sending business securely between each other Introducers are giving great feedback about the introducer dashboard which is brill and the referrer friend has been given an overhaul and that's cool the biggest feature now there's two um feedback as you've seen has been updated it looks a bit more like um Facebook Messenger, if you will. Uh, that's cool. And then the last one is being able to link up with another business on uh, on the actual platform itself. So you might have an equity release specialist, an IFA, whoever. Uh, and you, if you've got upgrade, uh, upload, sorry, switched on, upload documentation, you can now share docs with each other on the Tracker Hub system. No more emailing documents. All safe on the Tracker Hub system. It's like Fight Club. Whatever, whatever happens in Tracker Hub, stays in tracker up, exactly but it's going well okay thanks very much for asking as well
0: um, thank you so much for your time graham i know at time's the most precious thing any of us have and i know you've got so much going on so thank you so much that's it for this week everyone thank you again graham for being such a fantastic guest and thank you for listening if you want further information on track up, please check out our website and social media feeds for mortgage broker club and you'll find loads of stuff about 30 day no obligation trials with them uh, please share and spread the word about the mlc show for property professionals if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, I'm going to be cheeky enough to ask for a five-star review. And remember to check out the products and services that we have at the themortgagebrokerclub.co.uk. But more importantly, stay well and please take care.